Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, April 14th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked on Orioles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we will recap the action from another Orioles loss that came on Wednesday night at the yard. I was in the ballpark for the first time this season as the Orioles fall 4-2 to to the Milwaukee Brewers. Get you the five things you need to know from that game, including John Means leaving with injury. The latest update I have on that and what it could mean for the Orioles moving forward. And we'll talk about a little bit more injury news from some uh, pretty big-name prospects that came out on Wednesday as well. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the O's lose another tough one on Wednesday night by a final score of 4-2 to to the Milwaukee Brewers. As the Brewers take two out of three from the O's in the series that uh, opened the home season for the Orioles and the O's now 1-5 and five on the year through their first six games. And want to get to the five things you need to know from the Orioles' loss to Milwaukee. But first, just wanted to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first listen of the day. Locked On Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, we thank you so much. Leave a rating and a review on the Apple Podcast page if you can. We're getting close to 100 ratings and reviews. That really helps if we get that number up there. Also, if you're on Spotify, you can leave a rating now as well. And then the big one, we're on YouTube right here. You can watch us here. Make sure to hit that red subscribe button. Like, comment, subscribe, as they say here on YouTube. Uh, it would really, really help us out here on the pod. But again, just wanted to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, we start with another Orioles loss. 4-2, to two, they lose it to the Milwaukee Brewers as the Brewers get two in the top of the ninth inning to go on to win the game. And, of course, we got to start with the big unfortunate news from the game. The first thing you need to know is that John Means left this start with injury. The Orioles called it left forearm tightness as Means left the game after four innings of work. And now, as soon as he left the game, really, I was sitting out by the bullpen. As soon as I saw Joey Crable start warming up in the bottom of the fourth, I I knew something was wrong because... Brandon Hyde had said before the game that the plan for Means was to throw at least five or six innings and get up around 80-plus pitches, of course, after he threw four innings on opening day against the Rays. And yeah, he gave up two runs in the second, but he went three up, three down in the third, three up, three down in the fourth. He had retired seven in a row as that fourth inning ended, and his pitch count was at 51. His final total on the day was four innings, two runs, two hits, two Ks, a walk, and those 51 pitches. And so he basically said, you know, he had looked really good except for that second inning when he gave up the two runs. You're thinking, oh, he's easily going to get through five or six today. Then Crable starts warming up. Crable comes into the game. And then we hear during the game that it was left forearm tightness. So I'll get to more on that a little later in this episode. But obviously the big thing from this is that John Means left this game with an injury. Now, the second thing you do need to know is that for the most part, the bullpen did step up when called upon because of this injury. It started with Joey Crable, who threw that scoreless fifth inning. He's had four scoreless innings to start this season. Dylan Tate had a nice little rebound outing with two scoreless innings out of the pen, allowed a hit, got a strikeout as well through just 17 pitches. Uh, the sinker was good for Dylan Tate 
and uh, he got some good grounders. Now, something to watch for Tate is in his last outing, his velo was down to 91 when he was more like 94, 95 this offseason and early in the season. Brandon Hyde said it was a little bit of a mechanical issue. Well, the fastball velo was at least back up. It was a 93.3 average. He topped out at 95, so the velo was back up for Dylan Tate on the sinker, which is definitely a good sign and helped him get those two scoreless innings. Then we saw Felix Bautista have another scoreless inning, and uh, you know it wasn't his best stuff, but he had a really good-looking strikeout, got a double play for the O's. But you know, I said almost everybody was lights out like the bullpen has been. Jorge Lopez was not. He entered the game in the ninth after the Orioles tied it in the eighth and went just two-thirds of an inning, allowing two runs on three hits, a strikeout, and a walk through 29 pitches. Couldn't even finish the inning. Had the Paul Fry to, to come in, walk a batter, and then get out of a bases-loaded jam in the ninth just to keep it 4-2. to two. But for Lopez, you know, the stuff didn't seem as crisp as it was, you know, especially when he locked down the save Monday and the Orioles only win so far this season. I mean, what we saw from Lopez, 29 pitches, 15 sinkers, 8 change-ups, and 6 curveballs. And, you know, the the sinker velo was was pretty good. I mean, he was averaging 98. He topped out. He threw one pitch 99.5 miles an hour. I mean, he almost hit 100. So the velocity was still solid, but he just left a couple of pitches over the middle of the plate. And, uh, you know, he was obviously hurt uh, by the Colton Wong triple where the Orioles were swung around the other way in the outfield that allowed the Brewers to take the lead. I wouldn't worry too much about Lopez in that spot. I like that the velo was up. He was mixing his pitches. Just wasn't his best day on the mound. Third thing you need to know from this one is that, uh, well, the Orioles did finally at least get a little bit of something going with runners in scoring position. It came in the eighth inning after Corbin Burns, the reigning Cy Young winner, just absolutely dominated the Orioles. Seven scoreless innings, three hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts for Burns in this start for Milwaukee. And then they went back to Devin Williams, who, of course, gave the Orioles fits on Tuesday night after Williams loaded up the bases with no outs in the eighth, trying to hold a one-run lead, ended up striking out three Orioles in a row to get out of that eighth inning and keep it a one-run Brewer lead. Of course, they won that game 5-4 on Tuesday night. Williams comes back out, and what does he do? Mateo singles. He walks Bemboom. Got to give credit to Anthony Bemboom, who had a hit in this game early against Burns and then drew a fantastic, I believe, 10-pitch walk against Williams to get the first two on. And after he struck out Mullins, I thought, oh no, here we go again. But Ryan Mountcastle delivered with an RBI single. Then Santander walks to load the bases. And they go away from Williams. They bring in Boxberger. And, you know, it was only one hit with the runner in scoring position because then it was a Trey Mancini sack fly that tied the game at two before Ramon Arias struck out. But they did get a hit with the runner in scoring position. That was the Mountcastle RBI single. Could have had more. They didn't. And they still struggled in that spot. But at least they got one. But the fourth thing you need to know is that, other than that, the offense really did struggle, again, for the Orioles in this one. And listen, it's Corbin Burns. He won the NL Cy Young last year. You're not going to expect much. And again, they got the three hits in the seven innings. And they looked good against Devin Williams once again. And, you know, Kelvin Gutierrez drew a leadoff walk in the ninth against Josh Hader. Uh, but that was all the Orioles had in the ninth inning, trailing 4-2. to two. But the offense just wasn't there again. They struck out a whole lot once again in this game, struck out 10 times in the game. Surprisingly, Hayter didn't strike anyone out in the ninth, but of course Burns had eight and Williams and Boxberger each had one, but the Orioles have struck out you know over 60 times through six games. That is a ridiculous pace that they are on, 
and the strikeouts just continue. And you you know you look up and down the list; they got five hits on the day, one each from Mountcastle, Santander, Odor had a double, and then Mateo and Benboom, as I mentioned. But you know they're not even squaring the ball up that that crazy hard. I mean, Arias did have two hard hit balls, Mullins had two hard hit balls, and those two guys did combine for an 0 for 8, so they got a little unlucky on the day. But at the end of it, somebody's got to step up in this offense, and you kind of look down the lineup right now. I mean, Anthony Santander is the only guy with an OPS over 750. He's the only guy hitting over 300 right now through these six games. He's hitting 400 with a 1,300 almost OPS after a one-for-two day with a walk as well. But the rest of the lineup kind of struggling. I mean, Mount Castle has been the second best hitter. And besides him, I mean, you're looking at at probably Mullins and then Mateo as the next two guys, and they've struggled a little bit too. So somebody's really got to step up in this lineup. And then the fifth and final thing that you need to know from this one is that, you know, it was fun for me to be at the ballpark. And at the very least from this series, the Orioles competed really well in three games with a team that won the NL Central last year and is a legitimate World Series contender this year with the pitching they have. And yeah, they didn't sniff Burns at all, but, you know, they won the game, a low-scoring game with pitching on Monday. They stayed in that game and had a big chance to win it on Tuesday. And this game was tied 2-2 two to two after 8 here on Wednesday night. And yeah, you know, Lopez didn't get it done, and it was fun to see him score 2, and then not so fun to see him immediately give it up. But it was at least nice to see the Orioles in three games, winning one. They had legitimate chance to sweep this series over the Brewers. So hopefully that moves forward positively as the Yankees come to town this weekend. But those are the five things you need to know from the Brewers 4-2 win over the Orioles, but obviously the number one thing I talked about, that is the biggest thing you need to know. John Means leaving with left forearm tightness. And if the Orioles don't have John Means, it could get ugly once again this year. We'll talk about potential ramifications and the latest updates on Means in just a second. But speaking of John Means, listen, if they don't have John Means, the Orioles over-under at betonline.net, which is set at 62.5 wins for the season, you uh, might want to be looking at the under if John Means has to miss any extended amount of time for the O's. But it's not just the win totals. You can bet on over at betonline.net. You can get all of your baseball wagering, all your NBA playoff wagering, the play-in game starting the last couple of nights. You can get NHL wagering as well over there at betonline.net. It's not just, you know, your classic betting. You've also got, you can check the score over there. You can listen to podcasts over there. You can get your sports news at betonline.net. They truly have everything for every sports fan, whether you're into betting or even if you're not, betonline.net is the spot to be. So again, that is betonline.net, where the game starts. So bad news for the Orioles in Wednesday night's game, and not just because they lost to the Brewers by a score of 4-2. to John Means leaving after four innings with left forearm tightness. He was rolling, did give up two in the second, but had retired seven in a row and then just left the game after 51 pitches. And again, it was not the plan. The plan was five or six innings, 80-plus pitches. That's what Brandon Hyde said before the game. And that's not what happened. So we got worried. We heard during the game it's left forearm tightness. Now, Hyde did speak after the game. And John Means did speak after the game. So Means said he, this is according to Rakabako of Masson, but this was Means talking to the media, said he felt it on a curveball in his first start 
and again tonight on the same pitch. That's a little concerning as well because he felt a little bit of the tightness throwing a curveball against the Rays back on opening day Friday, and obviously it didn't really bother him anymore the rest of the game, but he felt it again on the curveball tonight, and he said he wanted to stay in the game, but they took him out because a precaution. He didn't seem concerned at all, uh, but he will be getting an MRI on Thursday, John Means also did say this is the first time in his career uh, he's experienced anything like this left forearm tightness. So we will see. Again, Means will get an MRI on Thursday as of this recording here late Wednesday night, Eastern time, just shy of 11 p.m. Eastern. That's kind of the information that we have. They're going to get an MRI as a precaution. Means not super worried about it right now. And uh, Means said he hopes to start throwing again in a few days. I would bet at the very least he misses one start. I would say just to be cautious with your ace, he's probably guaranteed to miss at least his next start. So the Orioles are going to have to go somewhere at least for that next start. I would probably look at the roster and say Alexander Wells would probably kind of slot in uh, and get a start there for the Orioles. Or maybe Kyle Bradish. Bradish did pitch well for Norfolk on Tuesday night through four scoreless innings, struck out six, but... At the end of the day, um, just yeah, it, it's a little concerning for John Means. And, and that's where I kind of wanted to get to because, you know, the Orioles went a pretty long time without John Means last season. And it was rough. And it didn't help that the Orioles were also without Bruce Zimmerman, their second best starter for that same amount of time that Means was out. Things got ugly. Uglier than they should have been for Orioles starting, starting pitching, starting pitching, starting pitching in 2021. It could get like that again because what I talked about in Wednesday's episode, got a lot of blowback for that episode, but what I talked about was the Orioles didn't do enough to supplement the major league roster in free agency this offseason. One of the things I talked about was just getting another veteran starting pitcher. Yeah, it was nice to bring in Jordan Lyles, but there were better options out there than Jordan Lyles that would have costed around that same $7 million that they gave him. And I mentioned guys like Johnny Cueto and Michael Pineda and Chris Archer as names that would have cost less than $10 million for one year and could have helped you out in specifically this scenario. And I know the Orioles did eventually bring back Matt Harvey on a minor league deal, and he's ramping up, and maybe he'll be ready to go soon to take Means' spot if he misses extended time. But, you know, if Means misses one start, maybe two, it's not the end of the world, and they're cautious with him. But if he has to go on a longer IL stint, if he misses a couple weeks, if he misses more than a month, if he misses, you know, that, that two-month stretch that he missed last year, the Orioles are not ready to supplant that, especially because they have clearly shown that Despite how good these guys are, they still want Grayson Rodriguez to get starts in AAA. They still want Kyle Bradish to get starts at AAA. And D.L. Hall is not ready yet. You know, he's still at extended spring training in Sarasota. Even when he comes up, he might go to Aberdeen first for a start. Then he'll work at Bowie before finally getting to Norfolk to, you know, finally make some AAA starts for the first time in his career. So he's far away for the Orioles. Their next options were Spencer Watkins, who's already in this rotation now, apparently. Alexander Wells, who got called up but hasn't pitched yet, I guess he's kind of the next option. And then you also still have Zach Lowther down at AAA as well as an option. And then whenever Matt Harvey seems to be ready. But at the end of the day, you know, those are your options. And you've got a couple other names. You know, you've got Chris Ellis down in AAA. He certainly will be looked at if the Orioles have to bring somebody up. And, you know, maybe Keegan Aiken goes back 
into the rotation. But remember, Dean Kramer is also on the injured list, so he's not an option. Maybe Mike Bauman would get a start, but then you have to shuffle things around and still add pitchers. At the end of the day, it would have helped to have more veteran depth in starting pitchers, and Michael Elias didn't do it this offseason, and now it's going to hurt him even more if Means has to miss time. And maybe everything's fine. Maybe, you know, the MRI is clean. Maybe he just misses one start, and then, you know, maybe doesn't even go on the injured list. They just, you know, push back his next start, and he pitches, and all is fine. But there's also a scenario where, yeah, it's not a long-term Tommy John-type injury, but he has to miss six weeks or something. Six weeks without John Means on this roster, I do not like the look of that. And so things could could get interesting for the Orioles if they're without John Means. But obviously, we'll have the updates on that MRI on tomorrow's episode. He will be getting that on Thursday. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, he already got the MRI and you know the results. But don't know it right now as I'm recording here again just shy of 11 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday night. And uh, we'll see. But hoping the best for John Means. But obviously was scary with him. You know, every year he's missed some time with injury. And... Here it is again for John Means. But he wasn't the only guy in Orioles land with some injury news to come out on Wednesday. And coming up in just a second, we'll get to some minor league injury news for the Orioles with some big names, some of them returning to the field, some getting close to returning to the field, and another who is off the field once again as injury woes continue. And so let's start there with the guy who is off the field. And it is Yusniel Diaz once again for the Orioles. We know all the injury concerns and issues that he has had since coming over to the Orioles in the trade, the Manny Machado trade from the Dodgers in 2018. And once again, Diaz is on the injured list at AAA Norfolk. Diaz came up lame early in the game on Tuesday night for Norfolk. Uh, really in the the second inning, I believe. And he came out of there, and Wednesday it was announced that he was going on the injured list with a hamstring strain. And, you know, he struggled with injuries all of 2021, and he had terrible stats. Here's why this one hurts even more. Diaz looked good in spring training, and he continued that into the AAA season. In 19 at-bats, he had two homers, eight RBIs. He was hitting 368, an OPS just shy of 1,300. He was swinging the bat really, really well in this first week of Norfolk Tides games. And now he goes out with the hamstring. And hopefully it's just a 10 to 15 day thing, you know, two or three weeks and he's back. But just another injury to add to the board. And, you know, it's not exactly the most clear path to the big leagues for a corner outfielder right now for the Orioles. Because with Hayes Mullins, Santander, and obviously McKenna there, and they've already sent DJ Stewart back down to AAA. And with the pitching they're going to need potentially with means out, they're going to be calling up more pitching and not more hitters. And with the fact that Robert Newstrom is looking good early in the year, he's some competition. But it's just unfortunate to see Yusniel Diaz back on that AAA injured list. We, we wish him the best, obviously. But, man, it just stinks. It stinks for him. It stinks for Orioles fans. It stinks for the Orioles. Especially because of how well he was hitting. So, hopefully, hopefully it goes well for him. But in terms of an outfielder at AAA, you know, as Diaz leaves the field, Kyle Stowers returns to the field, which was a big, big sign for the Orioles. You know, in one of those first games last week for Norfolk, he got hit on the hand by a pitch, had to leave the game, and uh, they said it was day-to-day, but he missed about a week. But Kyle Stowers did return to the Norfolk lineup 
on Wednesday. That is huge. Obviously, a top 10 Orioles prospect, Orioles co-minor league player of the year with Adley Rutschman in 2021 for the outfielder who they scooped up back in the third round in 2019 out of Stanford. And listen, Stowers has a great bat, home run power from the left side. He's next in the pecking order of outfielders. We're going to see him in the big leagues at some point this year if he's healthy, and it is huge that he is healthy and back in the lineup again. And he didn't skip a beat. He gets back in the lineup against Scranton Wilkes-Barre in Norfolk's game on Wednesday night and has a one for three with an RBI double, also draws two walks, and just right back in the fold. And another good sign was, you know, sometimes when guys have any kind of injury, you know, you might DH him for the first couple games back. Nope, he was right back in right field defensively as well. So really good news. For Kyle Stowers there and uh, excited to continue to watch him hit in that Norfolk lineup and then you know we'll see it could be I mean June at the earliest you know maybe if there's a Santander trade or something like that we could see Stowers pretty early to be quite honest with you and uh, I'm excited to get to see him in the big leagues but the last piece of Orioles minor league injury news of course has to do with the biggest name in the minors for the Orioles, and that is Adley Rutschman, who we haven't seen since basically the first week of spring training. Went out with a tricep strain. The Orioles said, you know, they'd shut him down for two to three weeks, then he'd start resuming baseball activities. So he has started baseball activities again. Uh, Rockabaco reporting earlier today that Adley Rutschman is continuing to progress and take BP as well. So he's throwing and he's hitting. Brandon Hyde said Adley is, quote, improving every day and said, quote, swinging the bat, taking coaches BP, doing a throwing progression. All of that is going extremely well. So that's a good sign. Adley is back to doing kind of all the baseball activities he needs to do after that tricep injury. The kind of flip side side of that is that, you know, we thought best case scenario, he'd be back on the field by now, whether it was AAA or the majors, probably AAA, but we thought he'd be back on the field by now. That has not happened. Now, the next step is get him on the field in games. It'll be interesting to see if he goes on any kind of rehab assignment or if the O's just send him right to AAA Norfolk. And then it'll be interesting to see how long he's in AAA Norfolk before he goes to the big leagues, because once he's in Norfolk, they're going to call it a rehab assignment. Obviously, it helps the O's that this manipulated his service time a little bit because of the injury, but I just want to see Adley Rutschman in the bigs. And listen, I was impressed by what Anthony Benboom did in Wednesday night's game with the hit and the walk he drew in the eighth and caught a pretty good game back there for the Orioles. And Robinson Chirinos hasn't been very good, but he's been solid behind the dish and, you know, he's gotten a couple hits, so whatever. And I'm perfectly fine with Chirinos being Adley's backup once Adley is here, but I want to see Adley Rutschman in the big leagues. And it stinks that this injury is holding him back. But, you know, good signs, good word from Rock, good word from Brandon Hyde on Wednesday that things are progressing well for Adley. I don't really have a timeline. They didn't give a timeline. I'm telling you, he's not coming right to the big leagues. Whenever he's ready for games, at the very least, he's going to go to Norfolk for a bit. The question is just how long. But hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll get to see Adley Rutschman back on the field. And hopefully, I'm going to say the hopeful date is is May 1st. Let's say the hopeful date is May 1st to see Adley in a big league uniform for the Orioles. The way this is progressing, it's probably going to be later than that, but May 1st is at home against Boston, and the Orioles are home that whole week from April 29th through May 8th. The Orioles have a long homestand. They're a 10-game homestand. 
I think maybe get tickets to one of those games because I think if all continues to progress really well, I think best case scenario, we could see Adley in the bigs during that 10-game homestand to make his debut, but hopefully he can just stay healthy and we can see the best prospect in baseball get back on the field. But that'll do it for today's episode. Of course, the Orioles are off today. They've got the off day in the middle of the homestand before the New York Yankees come into town tomorrow for a three-game weekend series. Orioles trying to look for win number two on the season. Of course, the Yankees were just blasted last night by Vlad Guerrero and the Jays. Vladdy hitting three home runs at Yankee Stadium in a Blue Jays victory. We'll see how the Yankees respond when they come to Camden Yards this weekend. And we'll be back for one more episode this week coming up tomorrow. I will preview the three-game weekend series between the Orioles and the Yankees. We'll talk about John Means' MRI results and what it means for him and for the Orioles moving forward. And we'll talk a little Orioles minor league baseball in tomorrow's episode as well because we'll be about a week into the minor league season, talk about who's hot in the farm system so far in 2022. But that's all coming up on tomorrow's pod. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.